Uh, Exodus 26. going to read through it. Uh, we'll look at some images as we go to try to get a mental picture. Uh, most, most rabbinical scholars say, you know, we think this is what it looks like, but Moses, Moses got it straight from God. And I, I've seen models that people tried to make. One of them looked like a, what do you call those round, a yurt or some, yurt. Some guy made the tabernacle look like a yurt. I don't know. Um, but anyway, we're going to look at these things, and I think we get an. I think I think the ones we're going to look at are probably as close as anything we'll ever see. And the Mishkan, that's the tabernacle. You shall make out of ten curtains, consisting of twisted fine linen, uh, and blue, purple, crimson wool, or scarlet. A cherubim design of the work of a master weaver, you shall uh, make them. So, sewn in, woven into the, that, uh, those curtains, likenesses of the cherubim. The length of one curtain shall be 28 cubits. The width of one curtain shall be four cubits. The same measure for all the curtains. Five of these curtains shall be joined to one another, and the other five curtains shall also be joined to one another. And you shall make loops of blue wool on the edge of one curtain that is at the edge of the first set, and so shall you do on the edge of the outermost curtain of the second set. You shall make 50 loops on the edge of one curtain, and you shall make 50 loops on the edge of the curtain in the second set, the loops shall correspond to one another. And you shall make 50 golden clasps, and you shall fasten the curtains to one another with the clasps. So shall the Mishkan become one, or the tabernacle shall become one. Okay, so let's look at this thing here. Um, coverings, you know, curtains, and then these skins later on. Uh, the entire, if you'll look at this right here, that's the wall that goes around uh, the, 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 that makes the outer part of the tabernacle here. We've discussed that, but now we're, we're talking here about the inner part. Um, and uh, another one that perhaps is what that uh, curtain, the curtains with the likenesses of the cherubim uh, perhaps looked like uh, like this. Okay, let's keep reading this thing. Then you shall make curtains of goat hair for a tent over the Mishkan, over the tabernacle. You shall make 11 curtains. The length of one curtain shall be 30 cubits and the width of one curtain, four cubits. The same measure for the 11 curtains. And you shall join the five curtains by themselves and the other six curtains by themselves. And you shall fold the sixth curtain before the front of the tent. And you shall make 50 loops on the edge of one curtain, which is at the edge of the first set, and 50 loops on the edge of the outermost curtain of the second set. So take notes, there will be an exam after this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
and you shall make 50 copper clasps or brass and you shall bring the clasps into the loops. You shall fasten the tent together so that it will become one. And the overhanging excess in the curtains of the tent, half of the extra curtain shall hang over the rear of the tabernacle. So take another look at this and how it hangs over in the back. We hadn't gotten to that part just yet, but that's where that's going to go. It'll have, in other words, it has four coverings. All right. And the cubit from here and the cubit from there of the excess in the length of the curtains of the tent shall hang over the sides of the Mishkan from here and from there to cover it. And you shall make a covering for the tent of ram skins dyed red and a covering of tachash skins above. Just all kind of ideas about what that's supposed to be. How does your Bible translate that? Porpoise. Sea cow. Goat skins. Some water. Yeah. Here's the bottom line. The color is more important than the material, but the material itself is very ordinary looking, and that's an important aspect we'll talk about at the end of this thing. Uh, looking at it from the outside in, it looks ordinary. You know, just nothing, nothing that really strikes you. But when you get inside, when you see the inside of it, and of course, this whole thing, and we saw this in Hebrews, this whole thing is a, is a, is, represents Christ, type of Christ. You shall make the planks for the Mishkan of acacia wood upright. Ten cubits shall be the length of each plank, and a cubit and a half shall be the width of each plank. Each plank shall have two square pegs, like rungs, uh, one even with the other. So you shall make all the planks of the Mishkan, the tabernacle, and you shall make the planks for the Mishkan, 20 planks for the southern side. Okay, so here are the boards, the planks of the tabernacle. And now you begin to get an idea of how it shapes up. We have here the holy, the holy place, and then this is the holy of holies back here. And the veil here and the outer veil here. All right. You should make 40 silver sockets under the 20 planks, two sockets under one plank for its two square pegs, and two sockets under one plank for its two square pegs. And for the second side of the Mishkan on the northern side, 20 planks. And there are 40 silver sockets, two sockets under one plank and two sockets under one plank. So, there you go. Planks, sockets, loops, got the loops in it. Silver sockets are down here. When you got there, yeah, but the bars are here. The whole thing is mobile. That's what the that's what the bars are for. It's it can be easily carried. And for the western end of the Mishkan, you shall make six planks, and you shall make two planks at the corners of the Mishkan at the end, and they shall be matched evenly below. Together, they shall match at its top to be put into one ring, so that it shall be for both of them. They shall be for the two corners. There shall be eight planks and their silver sockets, 16 sockets, two sockets under one plank and two sockets under one plank. And you shall make bars of acacia wood, five for the planks of one side of the Mishkan, and five bars for the planks of the second side of the Mishkan, 
five bars for the planks of the rear side of the Michigan on the westward end. And the middle bar in the midst of the planks shall extend and penetrate from one end to the other. And you shall overlay the planks with gold. Their rings you shall make of gold as holders for the bars, and you shall overlay the bars with gold. Okay, so here are the crossbars. I'll give you a little idea of what that was supposed to look like. Again, you can see the separation, the Holy of Holies here and the holy place here. You shall erect a Michigan according to its proper manner as you will have been shown on the mountain and you shall make a dividing curtain of blue, purple, and crimson wool, twisted fine linen, of course it will be white, and the work of a master weaver, he shall make it in a woven cherubim design and you shall place it on four pillars of acacia wood overlaid with gold. Their hooks shall be gold on four silver sockets. And you shall place the dividing curtain beneath the clasps. You shall bring there on the inner side of the dividing curtain the Ark of the Testimony. Now the Ark of the, that's the whole thing right there. That is the whole thing. Yet we started with that. Remember, it just go out from there. And the dividing curtain shall separate for you between the holy and the holy of holies. And you shall place the Ark cover over the Ark of the Testimony in the holy of holies. And you shall place the table on the outer side of the dividing curtain and the menorah opposite the table. That's the showbread table. On the southern side of the Michigan. And you shall place the table on the northern side. You shall make a screen for the entrance of the tent of blue, purple, and crimson or scarlet wool, twisted fine white linen, the work of an embroiderer. And you shall make for the screen five pillars of acacia wood and overlay them with gold. Their hooks shall be gold, and you shall cast uh, for them five copper sockets. Now, does that end the chapter on, in your Bible? Okay, all right. Okay, so I have one more slide here to look at, and then we'll talk about it a little bit. See, it looks plain. That thing that lays on top looks plain. There are four coverings. That's the outer one, and then the next one, next one, and then the next one. That fourth one on the inside is what the priests would see when they're in there. There's the table of showbread. Uh, there's the candlestick, the menorah. Uh, here's the Ark of the Covenant uh, with the images of the cherubim there. Um, the brass laver, the brazen altar here. So to worship, you go from here to here. And then this dude right here takes over for you and explains to you what's happening, why, why you did this, why Yahweh uh, required this, and what Yahweh will do from this point onward for you, the worshiper. And he's the intermediary. He's the mediator. He's the priest. Uh, and, and he's the helper for all worshipers. He can go in here. But he can't go in there. The hyper, maybe that is the hyper. Yeah, he's got the breastplate on. Or he could go in here once a year uh, and carry the sacrifice. So <clears throat> this gives you an idea. Here's sort of a, a layout, a map of what it looks like. So you have the outer walls here. You have the entrance gate here. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and remember how this thing was made. It, it can be quickly taken down and folded up and carried. 
uh, as can the tabernacle um, and, and, and everything else that's, that's there. It can be loaded up and carried. And this is always in the middle when the children of Israel traveled uh, and the pillar of fire led them. This was always in the middle. All of this stuff was carried in the middle, and that's, that's where the priesthood would be. Uh, that's where the certain people would be. And then three of each of the tribes on four sides uh, would go from there. Judah always led the procession. Judah was as numerous just about. The tribe of Judah was as numerous nearly as all the other tribes put together. Judah had by far the most people. Matter of fact, when you, when you get way on over into the Old Testament and there's a division but between the tribe, 10 northern tribes and then, and then uh, Judah and Benjamin. <coughs> Judah, of course, Benjamin was insignificant numerically. Judah still outnumbers the 10 northern tribes after the, after the division. It's a strong large tribe. Okay, so what have we looked at here? We've seen these curtains. We've seen all the material that we, that we looked at. The big picture is this. That Ark of the Covenant, I told you that, 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 that deal right there, that's the main thing. Uh, it, uh, the lid of it is the mercy seat. This is where God himself assumes the responsibility of, of, of forging, if you will, the covenant between himself and his people. Uh, this whole thing speaks of worship. God coming to man. Man dealing with sin and then through a mediator, a priest, going from there... Other things are done by the priesthood uh, to attend to the worship needs of the people. And then, of course, one day a year, the Day of Atonement, the Holy of Holies. So, we know from what we've read in, in Hebrews that the tabernacle is symbolic of the incarnation of Christ. So you have these beautiful curtains that are just they're just it, the the beauty of them. I'm sure is just something that we can't imagine uh, here. You have a you have sacrifice for sin. You have the priesthood. Then you move from there to deity. You move from there uh, to God. God meets man at the mercy seat. The Ark of the Covenant representing both the manhood and the deity of Jesus Christ, the shadow of the wings. You know, I think I said this already, but the cherubim are seen actively. I think, I, I, I think I'm correct here. They're, they're seen in Genesis to guard the way to the tree of life after the fall of man, flaming sword. Then they're seen again in Ezekiel, and in Ezekiel, they are, hold, they are bearing up the, the Merchabah, the, the chariot throne of the Son of God who is seated on top of it. It's a mobile throne. 
and then they are seen again in the Revelation. They are called, I think King James says the living beasts or something like that. Zoe, the Greek word means the living ones. They're the ones with the four faces, you know, a man, an ox, an eagle, and a lion, uh, and all those wings. They're very extraordinarily powerful. So, in, uh, you know, they, they can see to it that the way to the tree of life is guarded and protected and uh, that blood has to be spilled along the way according to the design of God. Representing Christ here, uh, the lid, the mercy seat, Deity is the gold. The acacia wood is the deity, is the manhood of Christ, the humanity of Christ. On the inside, uh, the main part of it, the Ten Commandments, and Christ Himself keeps that in our in our behalf. Now, the curtains have specific colors in them, and the material that makes this up specific design, but the material. Is, is what I want to talk about here. Um, you have blue. Well, you have white, which is righteousness. Then you have blue and purple and scarlet. The teachings from the rabbis have been through the centuries and generally accepted by the early church fathers that blue was representative of heaven because God comes from heaven. Man, man can't go to God unless God makes the design for that. So he has to come to us first and then show us the way, you know. So there's heaven. The law came down from heaven. The rabbis, that's what they go by is the law came down. But Christ came down from heaven. Purple, of course, is royalty. That word scarlet, it, it's, it, it's synonymous with... Uh, Blood, very valuable, very valuable, uh, that drop of scarlet in the Bible, very valuable, very costly. Uh, all of, and then the righteousness, the pure righteousness, all bespeaks the ministry of Christ. So this is the first thing that is seen. Now, ordinary worshiper is not going to see that. The, priest, the priesthood will see it when they go into the holy place. But the ordinary worshiper is out here, and he'll be told, he'll be taught. Uh, and, of course, that generation that built this thing, they'd have seen all that stuff. But uh, um, as time goes on, the worshiper doesn't see this, but it's all explained to him. It's mediated by the high priest. So you have those colors, which are very important. Then you have the materials that are laid out here. There's a joining. Okay, now think about it. You start with brass. And then you had this limited number, if you recall, a limited number of brass loops in here. And then right after that, you had the silver sockets, and then you had the gold. Brass, brass is where sin is dealt with. Silver is always, it always bespeaks redemption. So sin is dealt with by redemption, and thereby the sinful man, through redemption, joins into fellowship by the design of God, joins into fellowship with God, and God makes it so. It starts, you remember the first thing that was designed was the Ark of the Covenant. It starts with God. It don't matter in any relationship, in anything, not just relationships, anything. 
Everything starts with God. Everything. It doesn't matter what it is. Football starts with God. I mean, it all starts with God. That's why it says crimson in here. Uh, nah, nah, nah. I felt bad a minute I said that. Um, it doesn't exist without God. I mean, that's what I'm saying, okay? Everything starts with God. And the point is really made right here uh, with the Ark of the Covenant. Then it goes out to man, and by grace, God, God didn't have to do this. He didn't have to say, I will accept you into my prayer. I'm going to give you a, a way to deal with your sin. He didn't have to do that. God did not have to do that. God was not required to do that. He just did it. So all of this really speaks of grace. Uh, those colors, all of the colors in there, the clasps, the loops, the sockets, the gold, everything in there, you have wooden planks overlaid with gold. Again, God comes as a man, meets man, provides for his sin, and brings man by his mercy, by his grace, into the place where his perfect law, which man fails to keep, is kept by God the Son, the Savior. So all of this, all of this that adorns the, the holy and the holy of holies on the inside bespeaks of Christ. Now you had this... Uh, Skin that was dyed red. We're covered with Christ. Matter of fact, we're covered four times. There are four coverings there. Um, one of them specifically dyed red. We're covered. Our fellowship, our worship, the whole thing is protected by Christ and covered uh, in, his, in his blood. So um, these, these skins, somebody looks at it from the outside and says, you know, that don't look so special. Christ won't look special except to those who have come this way, right? You just be up there on a mountainside, you can be in a Malachite, and you say, well, I don't look so special. He don't know what he's talking about. He doesn't know what's on the inside of this, you know. But the worshiper, on the other hand, understands these things, taught these things by the priesthood, and that breastplate carries the 12 stones of the 12 tribes, and he goes in, the high priest goes into the presence of Yahweh on that one time a year and he carries them all on his breastplate, all of them. We have the first and the last of those stones in our high priests, in the vision of our high priest depicted in the Revelation, the first one and the last one, the sardius and the jasper, the blood red and the diamond, uh, perfection and beauty, and blood, uh, you know, glory, and, and, and the first comes the blood, then comes the glory. Uh, and in some, in some magnificent way, I know that as our high priest, and he is the perfect, he's the perfect high priest, of which the earthly high priest is a type, he carries on upon himself our name, I mean, who we are, he carries it with him. That's that, and that wouldn't be a big deal. Um, I think of all the stuff. I, I have, you know, oh, well, no, I'll, I'll go to this. I have the Bible in about, in English, about 14 English translations. 
I have it in Hebrew and I have it in Greek. I also have it in uh, 12 or 13 major Spanish, German, all this stuff. I, uh, all that's, and that's just, the, that's just the Bible. That don't count, let's see. Kindle, Google Maps. Oh, that's a good one. Olive Garden. I got hold of that. <laughs> I don't want to lose that out. Um, the Weather Channel, Word. Oh, Red Lobster. There's another good one. A puzzle, Wordscape. You get to play in Wordscapes. It's, it's infinite. There's no end. You keep thinking, I'm going to win this. No. You'll be four million years in heaven thinking, I'm going to win this next one. They don't run out. Here's my point. All the stuff that's on here. I mean, if they can get that in there, it's no big deal for Christ to carry our names on, the, on, his, on his breastplate. So this is what is represented here. All of these things as the people of God mature and move on and then come, then, then come the prophets and the, and, the, uh, and the wisdom writings and the historical writings that prove how God deals with his people. All of those things help the people of God grow and grow. Okay, the Amalekites still don't see anything but an old leathery looking skin on the outside. Oh, but what, does, what do God's people see on the inside? Man, they see worship. They see the Christ of God. They see redemption, mercy, <coughs> grace. Everything that we need is taken care of in those implements that are, that are in that tabernacle right there. So it's, uh, it's one, one could preach for a hundred years on the details of the ministry and the incarnation of Christ depicted and revealed in the tabernacle itself. Uh, and I'm not, I don't, I don't have a hundred years left, I don't think, so I won't start that. But it is a worthy, a worthy study and it gets richer and deeper as we go. Well, we're going to stop right there. And uh, God willing, we'll, we'll pick it up next time. Let me, let me tell you. Well, let me ask, and it's not going to bother me if you're busy that Saturday uh, and can't come, but I, I'm, I'm a little conflicted on whether or not I'm going to have enough room in here because I've had people who don't go. I've had former church members who live, I don't know how many miles away, say they're coming. Well, why? But uh, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm joking. I really appreciate that. I, I, I do. The subject matter, and it's there. Well, yeah. Like, uh, well, <laughs> not not moi. <laughs> Do y'all, anybody here plan on coming that Saturday? It'll be 9 to 12. See, I may have to make arrangements to. Okay. Huh? Hey, we'll, we'll have an overflow, right? We'll. That sounds good. We had so many, we had to put most of them in the overflow. <laughs> All right. Well, I got to keep up with that. I should have had a, an idea on how many were coming, but I didn't. I'm not that smart. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your wonderful word, for the great care that you've taken for us to provide for our salvation and to bring us the good news and to teach us about it. 
and then to draw us into yourself. Father, I just pray that you'll help us as we continue to study your word to learn more about you. In Jesus' name, amen.